Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Thursday, August 27, 2020. A year we wish we could forget. A year we wish was in the history books. A year that has suddenly grown even more complex for many, many people. Unsurvivable. That's the adjective that's been used to describe this storm. Unsurvivable. Many people go through many trials, and there's many going through them right now in the United States. Trials of in families and relationships and health and We have the fires on the West Coast. There's flooding and there's tornadoes and earthquakes and natural disasters galore. But Hurricane Laura has hit our Gulf Coast shores. And last night, the National Hurricane Center issued a statement without mincing very many words. They said, unsurvivable storm surge with large and destructive waves will cause catastrophic damage from Sea Rim State Park, Texas, to Intracoastal City, Louisiana, including Calcasieu and Sabine Lakes. This surge, they said, could penetrate up to 30 miles inland from the immediate coastline, and they called it unsurvivable. Lake Charles recording the highest wind speeds of any storm that's ever hit This area of Louisiana, the entire state of Louisiana, storm surges 10 to 20 feet. At the time of this devotion, it's still a Cat 2 storm working its way up the Sabine through Texas, Louisiana, into Arkansas, affecting Mississippi, neighboring states. Entire counties, entire parishes are reporting devastating high winds, rain, storm surges. One parish I heard is completely underwater. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of homes without power. The flooding calls for help. They're going unanswered because first responders are just simply not able to get there. And so right now, if, if you're in harm's way or most probably, most probably, you may be listening on your phone. You may have some sort of reception. But if your life is upended, our hearts Our hearts are with you this morning. And as the sun comes up, and as the sun comes up, so David and Precious and Bonnie and Michelle and Kirk and Hope, as the sun comes up, and yes, it shall, but we know that the devastation will be revealed, the debris, trees down, By the tens of thousands, homes flooded and destroyed, businesses already damaged by the pandemic are taking an extreme hit now in that area. Of course, this is home to much of the nation's and the world's oil industry. And it's home to hundreds of apostolic churches in that area. Tens of thousands of our church families affected the strongest storm in recorded history to hit Louisiana. And they called it unsurvivable. It's my job here this morning. It's our job here today to say that you can survive 
the unsurvivable. Oh, yes, you can. You may not be familiar with the uh, history of the area we're discussing, but storms like Katrina, Rita, Ike, Harvey, Irma, multiple tropical events have hit that area, bringing to despair, people to despair more than once. Churches and homes flooded multiple times. Many of the folks now have evacuated. Many are hiding and sheltering in place, and many rode out the storm. And maybe people are getting up this morning wondering, is my home intact? Did my church survive? You're looking at every news report. You're reaching out to anyone and everyone, calling police and first responders, trying to locate family members, friends. Yeah, I know. I know where you're at. Power lines are down, trees and debris covering the roadways. Can't get back in the communities. 120 miles of Interstate 10 completely shut down. Water supplies probably contaminated. Power outages, even though line crews are ready to come in there. Power outages will be there for days. Lack of food, clean water, clean supplies are needed. FEMA is going to be there. Federal, state, and local authorities are going to be there. National Guard will be there. The Coast Guard is going to be there. I'm I'm thankful we're part of a group, uh, you know, that works together, volunteer organization associated disaster. Uh, They'll be, all of us will be there. Cajun Navy is going to be there. Team Rubicon is going to be there. Our own Reach Out America has already been activated. We're on on, uh, talking yesterday, be on calls today. For what they're calling unsurvivable, But I want to talk to you about surviving the unsurvivable. Is it possible? Oh, yes, it is through God, through the Lord's body, through the resources he's given us. We can survive. Would you share this with others? Follow the page, like the page. Let's get the word out. Let's get the word out. And each of you, and I've I've been seeing some of your comments and I saw several of you that your family was in Cameron Parish, Vermillion Parish, uh, Calcasieu Parish, and you're you're reaching out and talking about them. And I want you to know, I want you to know, Ginger and Sarah and Catrice and Mary and each and every one of you, we believe that God can keep his protecting hand on people and God can cause them to do more than just survive, but to thrive in situations that people say are unsurvivable and impossible, that's where our God does the best work. Can I get a witness to that? Can I get a witness? Welcome here to Morning Devotion. I want to share with you some words. Some of you may be familiar with the following sentences. I certainly am. I wrote them to open a book about a storm. In fact, let me just put a little screenshot of that up there. Uh, Here's the opening line. Adversity and humanity are synonyms. A mother struggles to give birth to a child. A child struggles to be born. And our fallen world welcomes another fallen man. Our days are few, but seen mark, as Job said, with endless difficulties. God had one son on earth without sin, opined Augustine, but he never had one without suffering. All of God's children struggle and suffer. Have you ever wondered why? Why is there pain? Why does adversity abound? Why do we suffer so? To ask why is to explore what's been called the Achilles heel of Christianity. You may remember that 
guy named Achilles. He was that mythological character whose mother tried to protect him from a prophesied demise by dipping him as an infant in the river Styx for protection. But she missed a spot on one of his heels in the spot that an arrow later would find. The problem of pain and suffering is the Achilles heel. It's the tender spot for people of faith. Because our reasoning goes something like this. If God loves me, then why has this happened to me? Or if God is good, then why has this happened to me? Why do bad things happen when I'm trying to do good? Or still yet, here's another rationale. Since God is all-powerful, why couldn't he have kept this from happening? Why can't he take away the suffering and the pain? Why couldn't he send Laura to its demise in the Gulf? From our childhood, we've been taught to pray. God is great. God is good. His greatness and his goodness should, to our way of thinking, eradicate our pain, but it doesn't. And we're left wondering, why? Why, God? God hears a lot of questions. Saul of Tarsus lifted sightless eyes to the heavens and asked, who art thou, Lord? In Acts 9, and on the heels of that question, the future apostle Paul would ask a second question, Lord, what without have me to do. We ask the who and the what and the when and the where. We question God frequently, but there is no question more pervasive, more painful, and more common as why? Why? It was Christian Arthur Lee Strobel commissioned a national survey that posed the question, if you could ask God one thing, what would it be? And the most frequent response was this, why is there so much suffering. Why? It's the fish hook in every human heart. The sickness, disappointment, abuse, betrayal, broken relationship, sorrow, crime, accidents, pandemics, fires, storms, a host of other troubles assail each of us. And we ask the question, why did this happen to me? We've been made in his image, and so we seek to understand. We seek to perceive. We want to know. We want to know that there is a reason behind what's happening to us, that life is more than fate and chance and roll of a dice, that we, we want to know that even though his way is sometimes in the sea and his footsteps are, are not known, but that there is a reason. Over the years, I've learned that we don't necessarily need to know why. We just got to know that there is a why, that these present sufferings are working towards some future glory. It's what we know of God that keeps us from being cynical. We know that God is good. He's too kind to be cruel. And he created this world to be good. And that suffering is not good, but that's not his original design. But even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of the times that we hurt the most, Paul said all things work together for good, and all things surely include suffering, even the things that we call unsurvivable. Those few sentences I just shared, that's the opening lines of a book I wrote about a storm. It's called The Point of Low Points. And if you're in this audience in southeast Texas, southwest Louisiana, or if you've been affected by this storm, we're trying to get enough copies to share one of with you at no charge. Just leave your name, leave comment out to the side. 
And we're going to do our best to get you one in the mail or in our relief efforts. We will be bringing some with us. We hope we have them in time to share with you and to give you the hope that you too can survive the unsurvivable. It's in times like these, folks, that we bind together, we unite together, and we realize how much we need God and one another. Our hearts, our efforts, our prayers are with the people that are hurting. We are in this difficult time, and if you would, just let me share with you a few words that God spoke to me in a difficult time. He spoke to me through the words of Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. I've learned through hard-earned experience what to look for in a storm. If you listen or watch the news sites, you're going to be so depressed. They're going to tell you to watch for your readiness and supplies and rising water and storm surges and winds and so forth and downed power lines. But people of faith, you need to train your heart and mind and eye to look for some different things in the storm, some storm blessings, if you will. And there are some blessings. There are some silver linings. It was after Hurricane Claudette passed through years ago. People in South Texas were surprised to see large moths flying through the air. They were not indigenous to South Texas. These were only known in South America, but the storm had brought them from from South America to North America. Storms can surprise you. The bad things we know about storms, but there are some good things and there are some blessings that if you'll know what to look for, If you know what to look for in a storm, begin to look for God at work. Who to look for in a storm? Some people are only looking out for themselves, watching out for their own family, their own personal needs. Could I encourage you to lift up your eyes and see a field that is whitened to harvest? Look to the needs of others around you. Some are only looking to the arm of the flesh, but I encourage you to look to God. It was the minor prophet Nahum who said God has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and clouds are merely the dust of his feet that God shows up in storm. He still walks on water. He sees our struggle and he's here. He is with us. And so Yolanda and Donna and Cameron, God is here and you will see him if you look for him. Where do I look in a storm, Pastor? Some have evacuated. Some are still hunkered down in those areas. And while the natural man is telling you to seek a high place, seek a safe place uh, above the water level, I I say we need to go a little higher than that. We need to go a little higher than 10 feet above sea level. You need to set your sights on nothing short of heaven. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. I know where my help comes from. The answer is in one word. The answer is one word, higher, higher. We've got to go higher. Don't fear, look up. Don't worry, lift your eyes. He is the lifter up of our head. He is our exalter. You also need to look for the will of God in the midst of this. Remember, it was the storm that modified Paul's plans. He and his fellow passengers and crews arrived on an island where great miracles took place. There's 
Their ship had been completely destroyed, but the miraculous was revealed. Storms have a way of drawing you into the perfect will of God, of shaping something in you, of forming something in you, of preparing you, of opening your eyes. A a diamond isn't formed at room temperature. Fine porcelain isn't shaped in a pleasant climate. Gold and silver are not refined in a refrigerator, but precious things are, are coming through the pressure and the trial and the fire. And when that metal within the crucible glows like the fire beneath, it's only then that the worthless is extracted from the precious Storms open you up to the impossible. What do I look for in this season of my life? Uh, The disciples saw the miraculous. They saw Jesus feed the 5,000. But I can't explain this. I can't explain this. It did not increase their faith at all. In fact, Jesus later said, didn't you see what I did? Did, but it did not increase their faith. And faith, and when the storms came, the fear came with it, and they forgot all about the miraculous. They forgot about all that God had done. But it was at that moment that Jesus stood in the boat and he spoke to the wind and the waves, and all the gospels put it in that order. The wind first, and then the waves. He went to the root of the problem, the cause of the problem, uh, before he dealt with the fruit and the effects of that problem. He spoke to the unseen world. Uh, He rebuked the wind, uh, and then he rebuked the waves. And don't you know that it's then that the disciples said, what is this? Who is this? Uh, It was when they saw him at work in a storm uh, that their faith uh, was increased. What a miracle couldn't do. What a miracle of provision didn't do. That God has taken care of us six months uh, in this pandemic. What that won't convince us of is when God steps up in the middle of a storm and the aftermath of the storm and he speaks to it and through it uh, and God increases your faith. It's then that you will grow. It's in the 92nd Psalm. We read that the the righteous are going to flourish like a palm tree. It's in the obligatory photo for the media during the storm. You've seen them now during the Hurricane Laura and Marco before it. The image of a palm tree laying horizontal to the ground before the fierce power of a storm. But palm trees don't stay down. They survive the unsurvivable. And what is probably not so well known is that palm trees not only survive a storm, they grow during a storm. They thrive during the storm. When they get up again, they're a few inches taller. We are like the palm tree. Rejoice not against us. Oh, our enemy, we may fall down, but we're going to get up. It was Mark and Lori Carruthers that wrote a song years ago, I'll Be Up Again. Just you wait and see. Rough times won't keep me down. They'll just send me to my knees. And there while I'm in prayer, God will give the victory song. I'll be up again where I belong. Oh, yeah. You'll survive the unsurvivable. I like 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 in the message rendering. Simon Peter wrote, when life gets really difficult, Don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, rejoice that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. You and I 
are in the very thick of it all. That means we're close to where he's at. Do you remember Job lost everything he had, homeland, family? Well, almost everything. He clung to his faith. And through that faith and by that faith, he cried out, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Faith is eyes for the darkness. Faith sees what others cannot see. Faith will help you survive the unsurvivable. So if you're going through the time of your life right now, our prayers are with you. Stay near one to another. Stay close to one another. And again, if if I can help you by maybe sending you the book I read of our experience through a storm, let me know. Put your name out to the side and we'll do our best to get it to you. I just believe, I just believe God's got something special during this season and during this time, and he will reveal himself. He will make bare that right arm of power, but we'll also see the compassionate Christ, the one who will not allow a smoking flax to be quenched or a bruised reed to be broken. He's near the broken heart. He must be near a lot of folks in Southeast Texas, Southwest, and now through the whole state of Louisiana and elsewhere. And we are with you, and we're lifting you up in prayers. And as I begin to exit this devotion, we begin to call it a morning. Would you leave your prayer request out to the side? Would you, would you just share this word of encouragement with somebody? They can survive. You may be going through the ride and time of your life. Hold on. Hold on. The sun's coming up. A new day will dawn. And you too, you too will survive the unsurvivable. Thank you for being a part of us. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And may God be with you and near you and everyone under the sound of my voice. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.